Mike and Margaret are married. They've been married for a while and they're in a heated argument. I mean, they are going at it. One of those doozies. You know what kind of argument I'm talking about. Eventually, they just kind of got exhausted of the whole thing and decided to call a truce and retire to the front porch, pour a couple of glasses of wine and wind down. After a few minutes of sitting there, sipping on the wine, just kind of letting the moment settle down, Margaret leans back in her seat and sighs big and says, I, I love you. Mike said, is that you or the wine talking? <laughs> she said, oh, it's, it's me talking to the wine. <laughs> We're talking conflict today and what it looks like to stay together in your marriage or in your relationship. Because that can be an icky, sticky thing. Last week we talked about what it looks like to live as one, to be one. And we talked about the marriage math. You will catch up on that if you missed it. One plus one equals one. But here's the deal. When you're trying to live as one and be as one, there is a constant pull and a constant drift back to two in your marriage, in your relationships. A constant pull back to isolation, individuality, to a point of being unhealthy and selfish. And I'm going to do things my way, the way I want. I'm going to be me, just me. Forget you, just me. There's a constant drift back to one. And that's never seen any more clearly than when we're in conflict. When we're in conflict, there's a clashing of wills, a clashing of needs, assumptions, expectations, and behaviors. And that clash of conflict can get really messy. It doesn't take long. Now, I know there's probably somebody out there that's going, man, I'm glad there's some, you're talking about this because there are people here that need to hear this. But dude, pastor, you're barking up the wrong tree with me because we, we, we just don't fight. We don't argue. We don't have conflict. Oh, really? Okay. Well, it's probably because you haven't hit your one-month anniversary yet. <laughs> okay, let's say you have. But if you, you're at a place where you don't think you have conflict, all kidding aside, you are probably in a relationship or a marriage where there's not a lot of honesty. Truth be told, there's very little individuality. And, and to be quite honest, you're probably not experiencing authentic communication. Because here's the deal when it comes to conflict. Conflict in and of itself is not the problem. How you conflict is the problem. See, conflict is normal. When you have two people, conflict, just, that's just the way it is. Eventually, you're going to butt heads. It's not, how, it's not that you conflict, it's how. How you go about it. Great marriages, healthy marriages, healthy relationships have people who fight clean. Unhealthy marriages, unhealthy relationships have individuals in them that fight dirty. And I know, I, I realize, I realize that you're compatible. I get it, okay? And that's why you ended up meeting each other on that website. I, I get it. And like, wow, there's, there's 75 people here that are so compatible with me. I'm going to pick the best one. Great. Conflict is not about how compatible you are. It's about how you deal with moments of incompatibility. Because that's what causes conflict. 
It's when we are incompatible with the way we approach life, incompatible with the way we deal with things or see things. But you need to know that there is a way, there is a way to navigate conflict well and actually win as one. And we're going to talk about that. Now, specifically, we're talking about how Christian marriages and Christian relationships should handle conflict. The key word there is Christian. Because if you're not a Christian, we're so glad you're here, by the way. This is a safe place for you. And I, I understand you kind of, there's some of this stuff that you're not quite to understand why and all that. I, I get it. I get it. We do some weird things and say some weird things and we're trying not to be so weird. We're so glad you're here or tuning in online. That's the safe way to start, you know. But we're talking to Christian marriages. If you're not a Christian or you're not a follower of Jesus, you're under no obligation to do any of the stuff that I'm getting ready to talk to us about. Under no obligation at all. However, I will tell you this. Everything that I'm going to talk about in the next little bit will work for you. It will work for any relationship. It'll work for any marriage. And it will make any of them better. It'll take it to the next level. And you might just be surprised how the teachings of Jesus will revolutionize how you handle and approach conflict. In fact, I, th I think it'll be so surprising and helpful to you, you might also just begin to wonder what else God has said that is so helpful. But here's the deal. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is non-negotiable for you and me. What we're going to talk about in the next few minutes, you don't get a pass you don't, you, don't, you don't even need to pray about it, right? I mean, you can pray for God to help you do it. But it's like, I just don't know if this is God's will for me. No, 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 no. This is for Christians, and even though it'll work for everybody. I want to take you back to the first century when Paul the apostle, a guy that was anti-Jesus to the greatest extent, he killed people for following Jesus. That's who this guy was until he met Jesus. And then Jesus radically changed his life. And he became one of the biggest proponents in the first century of Christianity. And so you've got this guy that now is writing to other Christians and other churches trying to help them understand what it means to follow Jesus. Odd, isn't it? It's powerful. Wow, it's so cool. So he's talking to a group of Christians specifically that I want to peer into in Ephesus, in the city of Ephesus, about relationships. And he's talking about relationship, Christian relationships in general. And then he gets to a section where he hones in and really specifically identifies marriage and how Christian marriages should work. So I, I want us to look into what he said, and we're going to start, and this first part is to everybody, all Christians, and then he's going to get more specific. So check this out. After saying a bunch of stuff about relationships for all Christians, he says this, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Who's he talking to? All Christians. All men, all women, all teenagers, young, old, doesn't matter. Jewish people who become Christians or non-Jewish people who become Christians, doesn't matter. 
This is just the rule of the way it works. If you're a follower of Jesus, learn to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's this thing of mutual submission. I submit to you, you submit to me, we submit to each other. Now, what's that word submit mean? What's that about? I mean, that's, that's one of those Christian words people throw around a lot, you know, submit, 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 submit. And I hear people use that word a lot and they misuse it. They misunderstand what it's about. I, I look at them and I'm thinking, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. So let's talk about what it means. Ready? It means you before me. That's what submit means. You go before me. No, you before me. You before me. No, no, you before me. Imagine if that's how all of our relationships operated. We all looked to each other with a you before me attitude. Wow, that would take things up a notch or two, wouldn't it? You before me. And you do this, and we'll come back to this point, out of reverence for Christ. This is a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual issue. Now, this is a topical sentence. This first sentence, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Remember way back in English grammar? Remember that? They taught you what a topical sentence was. A topical sentence is usually at the beginning of a section, at the beginning of a paragraph, and it's the sentence that lets you know that what you're getting ready to read is really in support of this topical sentence. This is a topical sentence. And for the rest of chapter five on into chapter six, he's gonna break this down into what this looks like for each individual member of the family and the household. But he's going to start with marriage. Here we go. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now, interesting. This word submit right here in this second part, in most of the original manuscripts, the Greek manuscripts, and because the New Testament was written in Koine Greek, which is kind of a dead language now, it's a, but uh, it's not a, the kind of language that anybody speaks, but it's called Koine Greek. In most manuscripts, this word submit does not exist. Why? Because it's assumed from the topical sentence. The way it's written is, wives to your husbands, as to the Lord. You're like, I don't, I don't know about that, preacher man. This is the last thing my husband needs to hear. It's the last thing. This is not going to help, right? I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand the baggage. And I understand how this word has been misused and abused and misused and abused. And how for some of you who are married to unreasonable men, how it could be very difficult for you to look to him and say, you before me. I understand how challenging that could be if you're married to a jerk or at least married to a man that often treats you like a jerk. I get it, but we're not done yet, okay? Because he doesn't stop with wives. He goes to husbands, and I'm just gonna give you fair warning, dudes. Husbands, men, listen. The challenge we're given is actually more serious, more challenging than what he just said to the gals. For wives, this means submit your husband's attitude to the Lord. Now, for husbands, this means love your wives. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> Just as Christ. Just as Jesus loved the church. Okay. 
How was that, pray tell? Hmm. He gave up his life. He gave up his life. He died. Husbands, you look to your wives, you before me. You before me. Imagine what this would do in times of conflict. Imagine when you're just not getting along. If you said, wait a second, I'm going to put her before me. I'm going to put him before me. How do you think that would change? See, that begins to (laughs) redirect the focus and redirect the conversation. You before me. And husbands, we're to lead out in this way by sacrificially loving our wives in every way. That's what he's talking about. To the extent of laying down our lives for her. Wow. So, hey ladies, I get it, I get it. I understand this whole submit thing has been way overused and abused. But let me, let me ask you this. Ladies, would you have any problem looking to your husband and saying you before me if he first sacrificially laid his life down in so many ways for you on a regular basis? No! I don't know, I've never met any woman who wouldn't respond to a man who sacrificially loved her and go, oh, I want to respond in the same way right back. That's what mutual submission is all about. It's almost like a submission competition. Who can out-submit the other? And if that's happening, let me, I don't care what conflict you're in, It won't last long. It's really hard to stay in conflict with someone that's looking at you going, you before me, you before me. No, 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 no. You before me. Now I'm getting upset now. You before me, right? What you fight about submitting to each other? That's the kind of fight you need to get into. Conflict on who can out-submit one another. You before me. Now, what's interesting in our culture, we're told the opposite. Our culture tells us, no, you do you. You do you, girl. And I hear people say, I'm just doing me, you know. I'm not even quite sure what that means, but I think it's the opposite of this. You before me. Your ideas before mine. Your needs before mine. Your problems before my problems. Your solutions to the problem before my solutions to the problem. Your way before my way. Imagine if that one rule, imagine if that one rule ruled the day in your marriage or in your relationship or in all of our relationships. What if that was the rule that ruled the day? Uh, Don and I have been married for a while now. Almost 25 years, coming up this summer. And, and boy, at first, we didn't do this conflict thing very well at all, uh, especially me. This concept of you before me was not even on my radar. Did not see it, did not understand it. I mean, and, and most of it because of childhood and bad example that was set for me, and no one taught me, you know. And I just like I knew what not to do, but no one told me what to do, kind of thing. And, and that's a big long thing. That if we had a couch, I would lay down on it and, and spill my guts, but we don't. Um, so the first couple of years of our marriage was rough, man. And, and and I've said this before, jokingly, and it wasn't funny then, but looking back on it, you know. 
I'd say you could summarize the first few years of our marriage with Donna in the bathroom with the door shut crying and me standing on the outside of the bathroom door saying, what? Why are you crying? Why are you crying now? It's just it's a loving thing for guys to say, right? Now, we're not there anymore. Now we're not perfect, but we've kind of gotten better at this conflict thing. We really have. We're kind of in a groove with it. Which means there's been lots of apologies. And still, I mean, I'm, I'm great at apologizing. I have so much practice at it. <laughs> right? I'm good at this. I can do it with my eyes closed. I can do it in my sleep. Right? Lots of apologizing, clarifying assumptions, clarifying expectations, re-clarifying, lots of listening, lots of learning, and lots of discovering what it means to you before me. No, 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 you before me. No, 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 no. This time, really, you before me. I'm telling you, I'm not selling you something I'm not willing to smoke. This works. (laughs) This works. This is awesome stuff. It's not easy. But I'll say it again. It's really hard to stay in conflict to someone who is you before me. It's really hard to stay in conflict like that. And this will work for anybody. But Christians, this is it for us. Let me, let me describe it another way. This you before me thing, okay? It's like you looking to your husband and looking to your wife and saying, being right with you is more important to me than being right. When you're in conflict, can you think back? Some of you are like, I don't think back. I mean, we're in it right now. We just hit pause to come in here and pretend <laughs> like everything is okay. Right? This afternoon, there will be hell to pay. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. I get it, Right? But in any conflict situation, and some of you have short-time conflict going on, some of you have been in an ongoing conflict for months. What if this was your posture? Honey, being right with you is more important to me than being right. That's what you before me looks like. That's what the heart of the passage in Ephesians is all about. We just read it. In fact, this is the heart of Jesus This is how Jesus treated people. Get this. I'm fascinated by this. Jesus was actually right all the time. Gosh, you're talking about frustrating, right? I mean, at least in relationships with other people, you get the benefit of being right sometimes. How would you like to be close friends with Jesus? He was always right. I mean, you don't ever look at him and say, yeah, I don't think so. Oh, it's Jesus. Now, I don't think we should take a left. We should take, our, no, no, I don't think it's, right. Jesus was always right, always right, always right, and never wrong. However, he connected with people by looking to them with a posture of you before me, you before me, you before me. That's how he connected with people. And if you doubt that, all you have to do is look at one icon, the cross. One moment, the cross, where Jesus essentially put the needs of the whole world before himself. This is how Jesus connected with people, is you before me. And he was right all the time. time. Here's the deal, husbands, wives, we're not right a lot of the time. So if Jesus adopted a you before me posture to people, how much more, and he was right all the time, how much more you and I, who were screwed up a lot, 
How much more should we adopt you before me? You know what? Being right with you, I know we're arguing on who's right, my way, your way, my way, your way, but you know what? Right now, being right with you, honey, is more important to me than being right. Some of you are thinking, but what if you are right? I mean, I'm right. Is that so bad? I'm right. Dad, gum it. I'm right. Let me ask you this. Why is it so important for you to be right? You ever thought about that? Why is it so dang important for us to be seen as right? Don't you think, don't just, just consider, don't you think that's a, a wee bit immature for us to put so much basis on being right, being right, my way, my way, told you so, told you so, should have listened to me. No, it's much better. <laughs> being right with you is more important to me than being right. Again, I'll say it again. Christians, this is required for us. Why? Because this is the way of Jesus. Listen very carefully, husbands and wives. And this is true for any Christian in any relationship with anybody. But this is a marriage series, so listen up, husbands and wives. You cannot be right with God if you will not be right, if you won't be right with your husband or your wife. You cannot be right with God if you won't be right with them. Because God takes it personally. How you treat each other. I, I get it. I understand. I understand the, you know, oh, I want to be, I, and, and, you know, I want to be close to God. And, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to church and, and I am serving and I am giving and I'm attending. And during the week, I am K-loving and I am, I mean, I'm all about, yeah, oh, I just, oh, but you won't speak to your husband. You don't have a kind word for him. You talk down to him. You, you, you're so condescending towards your wife. She annoys you. You guys aren't on the same page. On the same page, you're not in the same book right now. Oh, but you come in here and it's like, oh, praise Jesus. No, and I'll save it, okay? Because you can't be right with God if you won't be right with each other. Here's something you might want to try, just for kicks and giggles. The next time you're in a conflict with each other, imagine, imagine, Jesus is standing behind them looking over their shoulder at you, and you're right in the thick of this thing. Oh yeah, boom, and oh yeah, well, you're just like your mother, you know, your daddy, and oh, you know, it's just back and forth. Jesus is standing behind them looking over their shoulder at you. What do you think that would change? Because here's the deal. I know that sounds like a pastor thing to say, but make no mistake, he's there in the room. I think the look from his eyes would say something to the effect of, come on now, this is my child you're talking to, and you're my child you think that would change things? Man, that just gets awkward real quick, doesn't it? I think it'd be like, hey, babe, um, can we do this another time? Jesus is looking at me. <laughs> just feeling kind of exposed here. 
need to wait for him to leave. He doesn't leave. Okay, let me come back to those passages again, okay? Three times in what we just read, you see words and phrases like this. Out of reverence for Christ. You submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Just like you would to him. Because of him. Just as Christ did. Husbands, we're to sacrificially love our wives. Just as Christ sacrificially loved. Wives, you are to you before me, to your husbands, as you would to the Lord. Not because your husband's God. He certainly is not God. However... We are to treat each other the way Jesus has treated us. That's the point. This is spiritual. You before me, you before me. Being right with you is more important to me than being right. Being right with you is so much more important to me than just saying, hey, I win. I want to win with you. I want us to be one. And conflict is one. And win as one. Let me take the rest of our time over the next few minutes. I'm going to give you some quick things, some things that I think will help you process this and help you get it right. When you're in conflict, here are some things that I think can help you get to the point where you can, you before me, and honestly say, being right with you is more important to me than being right. Here's some things I think will help you. You might want to jot these down or maybe wait till the end and the screen is full and you can take a picture of it then. Keep this in mind. Ask yourself, in conflict, is this a problem or a preference? Is this really a problem or is it just a preference? Because I, I honestly believe most of the time we're fighting over preferences, right? Most of the time we're fighting over preferences. And if you are fighting all the time and it's constant conflict, constant conflict, there's always something you're just constantly at each other. Nine times out of 10, you are sucked up into preference world. And it's just one little preference after another that's eating your lunch. It's the difference between a cancer and a pimple. You know the difference between cancer and a pimple, right? Even if you've never had cancer, you can assume, I mean, we all had pimples, but you can assume the difference. Well, I've never had a pimple. Okay, nice. <laughs> you, you don't ever want to treat cancer like a pimple because it's a problem. You attack it, you go after it until it is gone, right? But you don't want to go after a pimple like it's cancer. Why? It's a pimple. It'll go away. Another one will pop up later, right? Is this a problem or is it a preference? So important for you to understand the difference. Work your way through problems, but give space and grace to preferences. Let's look at this next one. Don't let your feelings win. Don't let your feelings win. Don't let your feelings win. This is difficult because feelings are strong when it comes to conflict, aren't they? Feelings really get all worked up when you're in conflict with someone. But you cannot let your feelings win. Feelings are important, but they're so unreliable. Your feelings will mislead you. Your feelings will misguide you. Your feelings will distract you. Your feelings will lie to you. So it's okay to have them. Just don't let them win the day. Don't let them win the day. And I mean this for wives and husbands. Husbands and wives. Just chew on that. Am I letting my feelings 
take me down a road and you're starting, you start assuming things. That's why a lot of times it's good in a conflict and it's really heated to call a timeout and a truce just for a moment and say, I need some time. I need some space. Now come back. Don't like let that happen, you know, for days and weeks. You know, you won't talk to each other. I mean, that's real mature, right? But call a timeout, cool down so you can get back in control of your feelings and then come back as adults, as mature adults into the conversation. Number three, listen more than you talk. Listen more than you talk. Listen more than you talk. Now, for some of you, that's, you don't really have anything to say ever. So it's no big deal. For others of you, you know, you probably need to engage a little bit more. But for most of us, especially in conflict, and we're trying to prove that we're right, we just need to just be a lot less talkative and a whole lot more willing to listen. Now, you don't listen just for the break, for them to stop talking so you can get in there, right? And you don't listen just so you can formulate your Okay, okay, I'm going to say this, then I'm going to say this. Boy, that was wrong, boy, that was wrong. You wait till it's my turn. (laughs) She is going to be sorry, right? No, 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 that's not why. You you listen to understand. Hey, this is interesting. Did you, have you ever noticed that the word listen, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the word silent, S-I-L-E-N-T, have all the same letters in them? Coincidence? Or just interesting? (laughs) Hmm. Number four, ask forgiveness quickly and sincerely, quickly and sincerely, quickly and sincerely. Need I say more? Quickly and sincerely. Lastly, ask this question. What can I do to be right with you? What can I do? What can I do to be right with you? It's more than what can I do to make this right, okay? Because that's just like, so we can get on with it, right? Get on and I need to go watch the game. Or I got a list of stuff I got to do and I'm tired of dealing with this. No, no, no. See, that's the wrong. It's not the way of Jesus in conflict. It's what can I do to be right with you? Because being right with you is more important to me than being right. And some of you wives are thinking, I'm not asking him this question. He should just know the answer already by now. After all these years, I've told him and told him and told him and told him and told him. He should just know. Wait a second. Okay, wait, wait. That's not the way of Jesus. And, and maybe some of you husbands, you're not the stereotype, but some of us husbands are thinking, Haha, I can't wait for her to ask me this question. Here's where I get my way. I'd like this. I'd like this. I'd like this. And more sex. And that's not the way of Jesus either. You make it selfish. You're making it about you. What can I do to be right with you? Guys, remember, this is about mutual submission here. You before me. You before me. Being right with you is more important to me than being right. I want to ask you to do something. This this may be a little awkward, but we don't do awkward stuff often, so it'll be over before you know it. So just play along. I want, if you are with your husband or with your wife right now, I want you to reach over and grab their hand lovingly. Hold their hand, maybe a better word. Gosh, we ain't held hands in years, Pastor. You're welcome. Or maybe someone you're, 
you know, you're dating or in a relationship with or whatever. And I understand I'm singling married people. I, I, I know, I get, I get it, I understand. But this is a marriage series. Maybe you're not with your spouse. And so just mentally hold hands. I want you to look at each other. And I want you to say some stuff. I'm going to tell you what to say. You're, I'm not releasing you to say whatever you want, okay? That could get nasty. Because we are talking about conflict. I hope you heard what he said. <laughs> okay? Look at each other, and I want you to say these three words. You before me. Now see, that didn't hurt, did it? You before me. All right, we got one more. This one might hurt a little. I want you to look at each other and I want you to say this. Being right with you. Come on, right now. Don't look at me and say it. I'm already married. <laughs> Being right with you is more important to me than being right. Here's a suggestion. Why don't you text that to each other sometime this week? Maybe, maybe in a conflict, maybe right after a conflict, maybe where you've walked away and you're just fuming. Hey, husbands, take the lead. Take the lead. Text that wife. Hey, sweetie, I know we need to talk through this stuff. I don't have the answers, but I want you to know being right with you is more important to me. Me right, and I don't know what that means yet, but I'm willing. To, I'm willing to find out. Or maybe just the words, "You before me," and then do it. You won't do it perfectly. You're gonna screw up all along the way. I get it. But this is a game changer. Can you feel? Can you feel the difference just right now? Imagine what that would do if we started living this out. So I want to pray for you right now. Bow your heads, close your eyes. And as I pray for your marriage and my marriage, you pray for your marriage, you pray for each other. Father, thank you for the simplicity of this challenge. Thank you. I need this. My marriage needs this. Father, forgive me for being self-centered, making it all about me when I do and just too focused on being right. God, help me with, with my wife, Donna, to put her before me, following your example and be much more concerned with being right with her heart, being on the same page with her than I am with being right, getting my way. God, I ask the same thing for every single marriage and relationship represented in this room and with those that are watching online. God, I know that there are messy situations represented in this room right now. Some people that are ready to call it quits. Some people that have already decided that it's over and they're just going through the motions to buy some time till the paperwork comes through. It's never too late to turn things around. And you before me, and being right with you, more important than being right, is just the kind of attitude that can allow you to work and make it happen. So I ask you to help us 
navigate conflict through these principles. In Jesus' name, amen.